Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Hey, what's the first item a week in Geek? <laughs> Fuck you, Kay. Props, props to your boy, JT, handling the Trump handshake. So, oh, oh, yes, I saw that. That's funny. What's the tr- oh, Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. Because I noticed, I've noticed in the past, uh, Trump's little domineering yank you forward handshake right. style, and Trudeau totally fucking didn't let that happen. It was actually pretty. Well, he actually kind of braced himself, and uh, it, and it was really funny. Because Trump is like, yeah, they, he's they, like, they were both like in this. Yeah. It, was, it was actually very funny. It was very. Funny. <laughs> People are learning how to deal. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And he probably said sorry afterwards. Sorry. <laughs> you put yep. tax in your hands when you shake hands with Trump. You shouldn't even shake. Just a nod. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm. I, I first thought the fist bump was dumb, but I'm totally into the fist bump now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, We're you, taking a photo. When you compare almost everything, it's just amazing. Hey, it's the picture guy. Yeah. No. I mean, I and that happens on the strip all the time when I'm busking. A lot. A lot of fist bumps. The the characters will come by. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, it's it's and like, it's there's easy. Andy. And let's face yeah. it, it's a little more hygienic. Exactly. Say, That's it is exactly more sanitary than the handshake. Yeah. I'm yeah. all for the bump. Yep. That's yeah, why was, uh what's his name does it? Um Howie Mandel. Howie yeah. Mandel, yeah. Because yeah. he's a germaphobe. I was uh yes, he is. doing it the like, Sunday I was and I You were doing it Sunday. I was busking Sunday. Okay. Doing it. <laughs> and I, I fist bumped Mickey Mouse and I thought to myself, <laughs> Yeah, I just fist bumped the mouse, if you know what I mean. I, I don't. Well, yeah, I, I don't, don't know either. what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody ever knows what you no. mean, Andy. <laughs> no. Boss, you don't want to shake the char- the character's hands, anyways. Like, you don't want to shake the carrot either. One of the uh, one of the salespeople was so upset because the the busker that plays uh, Minnie Mouse mm-hmm. is a large black man who won't keep the damn head on, and so it just <laughs> ruins the illusion. <laughs> Let's face it; most of those costumes ruin the illusion overall. <laughs> Like, have you seen the Olafs? They're all dirty. Oh, man. It's like, why, for one, Las Vegas doesn't get a lot of rain. So all the dirt just sits there. And it's white costumes, yeah. And it's a white costume, yeah. yeah. That's the snowman from Frozen, right? I know they're they're perfectly decent guys. They're just guys trying to make money. Sure. But for some sick reason, ever since I've seen them, and I've seen more than one of them at a time, I've thought to myself, I really, really, really want to see an Olaf fight. Just remember, (laughs) it's a grand illusion. Oh, wow. Like, hey, I went there. You went I there. went early '80s on your ass. This when is my corner. You? When don't you? Uh, <laughs> early Eight, '80s. 80s Jeff went '80s. Wow. <laughs> wow. What are we coming? It's to? when it's when Jeff goes aughts that I freak out. Mm. That's when he goes. I went from 2004 on your ass. Then I'm I'm like, oh, wow. I'll do it myself. Also, the sky is blue and water is wet. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Thank you very much. Bread's made from grain. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was bringing up. Uh, what I had a discussion earlier. That's um, right. We had a discussion earlier because we were talking about. Oh my God. Uh, we were talking about John Wick, mm. and the fact that I haven't seen John Wick yet. Mm. The yeah. first, first one or the, or the second, second one? one? Both. Can you believe this? I, I, I haven't seen either. Myself. The first. <gasps> they Burn pulled both. it. They pulled it from HBO. They pulled it from uh, Netflix. Yeah. Like, they, why are they doing this right when the movie has it come back on either of the streaming? Because I Amazon. haven't been able to think so. It's on Amazon. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, that's why. All right. 
Yeah, let's bring everybody in. Welcome to Geek Shock number 375. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. And Paul is still not with us. He's taking another week off, so hopefully he'll be back soon. <sighs> Yet John Wick. Boy, oh boy, that motherfucking blew my mind. That yeah? is, that is, it, because it's, it's very much a study in directing. The uh, directors were fight choreographers. And so they put together basically a fight choreographer movie. And it's funny because they go deep into to making, you know, making you emotionally invested in him going out and shooting people, which it's no spoiler to say that's the movie. Sure. But it is real cool stuff. And they do all sorts of interesting directing stuff, shooting how they use color and stuff like that in, in various approaches. It's just, it is really, really an awesome movie. I'd like to see that before I go see John Wick 2. I saw the I sequel yesterday, the and uh, that's not, bad. It's not I, I, bad. I've been told it's better than the first one, which the first Whoa. one is good. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's better than the first, but it's just as good as the first. Yeah, that's great. I, yeah, I want to see him too. That club scene from the first one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the music, everything. Like you mm. said, the music, the colors, everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. it's funny because it's not ballet. it's not the first movie to combine martial arts and gunplay, but they had to come up with their own version because like, uh, oh crap, what was the one with uh, uh, Christian Bale? Uh, uh, I forget the, that. I forget the title. It's the most boring title. For, yeah, a, for exactly. a movie yeah. of its caliber. Yeah. Right. And, and, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with gun. It does. It, yeah. Gun. Gun. Gun Kata. Gun Kata is not the title. Of, you know, Gun Fu. Right. It's not the title of the movie. It's some abstract science fiction. Because with F. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I need to know. IMDb. Let's go. Oh, so. But anyway, um, so yeah, the for John Wick, they came up with their own version of uh, combining martial arts and gunplay. And apparently it's far the way that they did that for John Wick, it's far more realistic or what you would do in close quarter combat. Yeah, like put guns to someone's head and shoot. Because uh, a friend of mine is a <laughs> is a big, uh, like he actually does competitions and stuff with it, guns and so forth. Is and, it more impressive than Jim Cotta? Uh, I don't think anything could be. But uh, he was actually even impressed with the, uh, the work that they did on that and the training that... Keanu Reeves went through because he said a lot of that is the stuff that he does in competitions and so forth. So. Whoa. Yeah. Well, one of the things that is interesting with the sequel is how they name it tells me whether or not I should, could, should watch the first one or not because yeah. it's John Wick Part 2. Yeah, Volume 2. So, yeah. so I'm not going to watch Part 2 without seeing Part, part one. one, yeah. Whereas oh, yeah. like Rocky and Rocky 2, I could watch Rocky 2 without seeing Rocky 1. Right. But oh, what if about, you call if- something Part 2, uh, Volume 2, I know to step back and watch the first one. I was telling uh, Matt that he needs to, unlike that, he can skip the first five Leonard's, but he needs to watch Leonard Part Six. Sure, yeah, <laughs> because that is that's the it's, one it's, that matters. Yeah, it's, it's. I wouldn't put it to John Wick level, and of course, there's. I don't understand that there's not like comedy in John Wick, right? But no. this is, but it's it's spy, it's spy, it's action. There is some comedy. There is light humor in in John Wick, but okay, it's, but it's situational. Right. Light. Yeah, it's it's Very not light. it's not the kind of thing. But but so yeah, Leonard, part six. But okay. right. first five are dumb. Well, and and the first equilibrium. Five are, and the first five were there. You go. Yeah. I was one letter off. <laughs> equilibrium. That's a terrible yeah, name yeah, for that yeah, movie. Yeah. 
Hell, it's, I had no idea that. Letter Part Six that. is almost worth watching just to see Cosby in that tutu doing that. You're already revealing dancing. too much. I'm trying to get him to watch this <laughs> wow. movie unseen, yeah. and you don't, broke it. Don't oversell it, Jeff. <laughs> So he had no to- idea it was a Cosby movie. <laughs> uh, going back to the whole naming of John Wick part two, what about John Wick? He's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> then I probably wouldn't see part one. No, right. my sequel title would be John Wick. Someone else fucked up. <laughs> okay, no. He's at it again. It's like sounds like it's a cannonball run. John yeah, Wick. Really. John Wick. Now you fucked with his cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one, gentlemen. What did you do this week? Oh, I went to see Night Vale. Tell me about, this is the second time you have seen Welcome to Night Vale live podcast recording. Yeah, it was just as wonderful this time. This time I just barely made it. I literally, literally sat down and the lights went down. Just made it in. So I didn't get to see the the, uh, people taking pictures of the uh, glow cloud this time. (laughs) But the glow cloud was there. Nice full house. So you almost got to see people take pictures of the glow cloud. Almost got to see people take pictures of the glow cloud. (laughs) Full house? Yeah, uh, pretty close. In fact, but but people were buying tickets. A guy bought a ticket right wow. behind us as we were getting as we were coming wow. in. That's the thing, man. It's hard to get the word out in Vegas when things are happening. And there's so much stuff going on in Vegas that you you yeah. get drowned out by club money. Yeah, yeah. And all the other shows. Yeah. But uh, I started reading the novel that was written. Oh yeah, Welcome to Night Vale, the, mm-hmm. the book, and the novel, not the one that's the collection of uh, the first few. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The actual, this is a fiction novel right. based in that world. It still has that voice. So mm-hmm. if you like Night Vale, the novel will appeal to you. Um, just wasn't feeling it. So I'll probably go back to it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I finished a book, I finished a really good book. And this, the hardest thing about finishing a really good book is starting that next book. Everything else looks stupid after because, a really good yes, one. Yes. Because yeah. once you have a writer has really good at handled the prose, and and a good story start to finish mm-hmm. it's the next one's like starting a bad lawnmower un- unless you find somebody else <laughs> of that equal caliber but uh the book i read is uh paul Tremblay's uh novel that he wrote after head full of ghosts disappearance at devil's rock and it is just as compelling as head full of ghosts mm-hmm. uh best book i've read since bird box so right now they're both competing for book of the year and i'm in the second month of the year and both of them just ultra compelling. Mm-hmm. But if you read Head Full of Ghosts, I can't recommend uh, Disappearance at Devil's Rock. Uh, what Paul Tremblay does really, really well with his writing is he's always great at skirting the edge of whether something is supernatural or not. That you're not sure. The, the book is horror through and through. And as it go, as and this is both books, as it goes along, the horror just unveils itself to you, and so much so that it's like hand to the face reaction of what you're reading. Did you mean to say you can't recommend it enough? I probably did. What did I say? I you can't, can't recommend, recommend it. it. I was waiting for you to go into the enough and explain oh, wow. it, and you didn't. I'm like, I got so excited. Okay. I can't speak. You're being corrected by Andy. I know. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know. I know. Just checking the facts. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for keeping me there. Well, uh, you're going to be busy the next four years. Oh, man. But he is a great writer. Again, Head Full of Ghosts, the best book that I read that year, like two years ago. And so, yeah. Disappearance of Devil's Rock. It's it's a whole different kind of story, but he does what he does well. Mm-hmm. Cool. What'd you do, guys? 
I did absolutely nothing. So Again, no. the way. Jesus, wow. you're just you're just a money machine. You're making money and doing nothing did else. You, you watch anything on TV? Listen no, I to you. Say, I didn't play a video game. Anything? No, I worked. See, I told you, money machine. And hmm? I watched Toronto Maple Leafs play. Because okay. yeah, and they've Canadian. had back-to-back games like crazy this last past week. So I've been. That keeps the man busy. And... We've established that you're Canadian. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> it's extended universe. <laughs> well, I watched Legion on FX. Oh, how, how is that? I watched Legion as well. It's really compelling. Oh. It's uh, uh, it's only the first episode, and it was in about an hour and a half long, so about an hour with the commercials taken out. But mm. uh, it's so. I don't. Esoteric? I don't want to. I don't want to call it bizarre because it is. But if you start to pick up towards the end of the first episode why it's that way it totally makes sense mm. but it's definitely uh you know todd and i were discussing it earlier it's definitely like it's inspired by like a david lynch type movie oh, i actually did feel that same way. yeah yeah okay. it's very, I, I wouldn't say it's exactly lynch style but it felt like it was inspired by the most unreliable narrator of any marvel project i've ever seen of course, I don't know much about the character. Never read the comics. Neither do I. No. Yeah, this, they, they didn't. I mean, I'm, from what I recall, they didn't do a ton with him. I mean, he showed up in a few issues yeah, of New Mutants, yeah. and they really didn't do much. In with many him. ways, it's a smart move because it's not a character with a shitload of baggage. So it kind of leaves them free to do whatever they're going to do, I guess. Sure, and it's its own standalone thing. It's not part of the grander X-Men universe right. like they're doing the other stuff. Oh, that's now. so funny because the Legion has the X symbol in the right. O. Right, Yeah, it's officially an X-Men story, but it's not in the greater yeah. X-Men universe of Fox. I like that, though. Mm. I like that they're doing that. It gives them like freedom, and for the choices they're making in the direction and the way they're telling the story... Yeah, I'm glad they're doing that. Cool. On a side note, it was hilarious. Like, I literally, uh, after I finished watching it, I was on my tablet and I was on Amazon looking for something else. And the first thing that pops up on the recommended for you is Legion Season 1 on Blu-ray. And I'm like, what? I tap on it. It's like... It's, it has like a release date and everything, and it's like it was almost like that spaceballs moment where it's is, you know, the, it's already on the video shelves before we're finished making the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really hilarious. I'm sitting there going, "Wow, okay." In watching Legion, I spend a lot of time with my finger on the rewind button. I did too. Mm-hmm. I re- I, okay. I mm-hmm. would watch a scene. And it wasn't like that I couldn't hear what was going on or something. I, I literally, I would listen to the dialogue. I would watch the scene and I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I would rewind it and watch it again. And there were a couple times I watched a specific scene like two or three times yeah, to make sure that I understood what was going forward because when they would do the, like, like flashback or whatever or what seemed like a flashback, I'm sitting there going like, wait, what? When yeah. I was in that hotel in Elko watching bits and pieces of Star Trek... That happened to me a couple times. Like, oh, I got to rewind. Oh, no, I can't. This is regular TV. Legion is a modern TV show through and through. And the fact that you have to be able to rewind it, I think, to fully enjoy it. And so and I want to revisit it and rewatch it now that I've seen the the first episodes an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So I want to rewatch it from the beginning, knowing what I know now. So cool. I really want to just see this to one. to fill in the pieces that I was yeah. kind of confused at at the beginning because it starts off a little confusing. Okay, 
I well, saw, but I think that's intentional. Of course it is. Yeah, because of, of, it because of what's going on to the main characters. And the, I'm trying not the, to spoil it here. but Sure, but that main character is very confused. <laughs> so you're going through it with him. Yeah, exactly. You know why I didn't do anything or start a series or whatever? I'm still cooling off from D Space Nine, I think. Okay. Are you really? Because it's just like, I don't want to start another one of this. Like, D Space oh, Nine is like, like a, my book thing where mm-hmm. you, you had no, such not, a good not, moment. No. No. <laughs> oh. That, that last season is such shitty. Oh, like, such oh, shit. Oh, that I'm like, I don't want to invest in another freaking thing. I just did it. Oh, he still needs months. Oh. He still needs to talk to a therapist about where Deep Space Nine <laughs> yeah, touched him. Really? Listen. I've thought about that for years now, the, that final season of DS9. Well, I don't want to get too much into it because we already talked about it. Well, no, but I just, I, I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, in season six going they have built this up so much unless they kill off one or two main characters in the next season to make this whole war feel like a real war it's gonna fail miserably and the fact that they did kill off like one character technically two but that weren't main characters it was like (sighs) and they didn't kill Keiko but poor Nog. Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally bought blood splattered Conan Funko Pop. What? How do you, you accidentally buy accidentally. a Funko Pop? You you go into your Amazon app and you go to put it in your cart. Oh no! And because modern app technology sucks when you press cart it's actually dropping down the buy with one click but it hasn't quite done it yet because of ads and shit so you're pressing cart but it's actually one click and it goes your order is in you'll be getting it in a couple days and i'm like what the fuck now i could have canceled yes but i was like okay fine i'll let it go through but i was a little pissed Mm-hmm. That it was just like, oh come on, guys! The plan is coming to because I'm getting all three of those. I'll get there's the uh, War Paint Conan, which is from 1982 movie, which is great, and there's Blood Spattered Red Sonia, yeah. which you know every man has to have. So. <laughs> sure. Oh, Red Sonia. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that earlier too. Did you know they're coming up with a Juggernaut Funko Pop? As well as Weapon X. Is it the wow. goddamn balloon nut juggernaut? <laughs> I I have seen adverts for the Weapon X Funko. The juggernaut will be cool. And it's Walgreens mm. exclusive, so I'll never be able to find that. Walgreens, ex- you know, and fuck Target. the exclusive. And Target exclusive. Fuck yeah. those ex- Fuck exclusive. Exactly. It's I'm the with official. You, okay. mm. you know, and it's funny. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. I saw the C-3PO BB-8 droid that i really want a triple pack at target that price goes up and down and it's back down to 30 bucks what's the highest you've seen it it, i've seen it at 50 it's like jumped up and down and gone back and forth it's back down to 30 bucks and it's always i always stumble across it just when 30 bucks is a bit much because right now i have two clogged toilets so I'm like, I'm gonna so have to, to fill say, up full of Funko Pops to get that. Yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> I keep dropping those fucking Funko Pops in it, but it's like I'm gonna have to get Roto Rooter or something because I have done every motherfucking do-it-yourself thing. Hmm. I've dumped in. I've done the bleach. The I've hell done are you the doing liquid your toilets, man. Yeah, you know, hey, it's my big manly shits. 
<laughs> I can't help it if the rest of you pussies are dropping little marbles. My horse chokers are having an effect on the ecology. And it, I don't. I don't think a horse would eat that. Why? why? Yeah. Well. No, I've dropped some uh, Lincoln Logs in my day. All yeah. right, so. those are pretty small Lincoln Logs. Yeah, really. I mean, that's that, that's where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> no. Damn it. You gotta go with baby's forearm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. I'm talking like one edge out into the water and then out. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> he couldn't even finish it. You laid, a, <laughs> you laid a couple feet of brown snake. Uh, okay. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah, Not dropping off the kids at the pool. No, I'm dropping off that one son who's going into the NBA. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yikes. I think that may be hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be. It's February. Oh, right. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be the weirdest irony if February was the the purge month <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. for <laughs> and it's just like wait a minute that would just be so many levels of wrong oh man oh. like hey tyrone look at that tree over there <laughs> sure is february oh jesus God. christ Damn. canada <laughs> what would jt say right now i just want to let all you listeners know i'm not racist <laughs> Now okay. you're just making it worse by denying it. I'm going to put the mic down. Oh, God. Diplomatic immunity. You know, every sentence it starts with, I'm not a racist. It's just being <laughs> revoked. Hey. He ended hey. it. It's okay. I'm Canadian. Oh, my God. Right. I'll, I'll love that story to the end of time. In that was just so fucking funny. But Okay. So let's move on from that. Let's. I watched um, the most recent uh, Rift Tracks. That was on way down video, the uh, duplicate or something like that, or replicant, or it was awful. It was the same, the same <laughs> okay. guy that did the but, same guy that did Birdemic. Oh wait, the guy that did Birdemic made another movie. Yeah. They allowed they it? allowed that. Oh, it's insanely bad. Of course it is. Birdemic's yeah. horrendous. Yeah, a lot of lot of footage of cars backing up and uh, driving down the road, and uh, a lot of uh, it's a big science fiction thing about clones, but. It is so slowly paced and nothing happens. It's funny as hell. I mean, the riff tracks are funny, but sure. But I cannot believe that by made. I mean, how? Who funded that? Now here's the thing: the guy made Birdemic. It was a guy trying to make a movie, probably with the best stuff he had to do at the time. However, if you're following that up, was it intentionally bad? That's my question. No. No, it you was think just, he was he had a? As yeah. I'm making a better movie this time, right? Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's. I mean, there's there's a scene where it's there's a couple scenes where they they were watching. There's something's on TV, and it's like a, there'll just be a real clip of some real show. And this particular example is Larry King interviewing Tippy Hedren or something like that because this guy thinks he's apparently the director <clears throat> thinks he's uh, Hitchcock. Uh, so, so it pans over, shakily pans over, not a smooth pan, <laughs> pans over to the bed where the couple are dry humping with their clothes, you know, fully clothed, dry humping. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, teenagers. that's what, no, no, adults. That's that's what you uh, watch while you're having uh, dry hump sex is Larry King. Because <laughs> that'll make you dry. Well, I don't know about you, Andy, but uh, no. Bob from Montauk, you're on the air. Go ahead. Ugh. Mm, uh, I'm bringing this up. 
Oh, my pants. My pants are wet. Oh, the talcum powder's coming out. No, no, not what? furries, what? Andy. What? Because <laughs> it's dry? No, no, you went too far. Uh, you, went, you went full. Yeah. I went full uh, and that's amazing, Andy. You actually just erased everything that uh, Matt said. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. With All your right, agent. Done. Not, not really. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got around to watching Green Room. Green Room. Green Room. That is a hell of a movie. Um, Small-time punk band finds themselves at a oh, uh, white supremacist. Oh, yeah, the one Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Yep. Yeah. White what? supremacist roadhouse and gets trapped <clears throat> there and have to escape. Very basic premise done wonderfully and harrowingly. Oh. My, when that thing, that movie kicks in, it kicks in hard. I recommend it to people who like very gritty thrillers and horror people. It's great. I mm. love that setup, too, because we have a mutual uh, acquaintance who has uh, bemoaned the fact that the punk movement is not behind Trump and has actually publicly expressed confusion as to why this hasn't happened. So a movie of punkers caught in a white supremacist setting and trying to escape really nice is the theory i'm missing the theory of the punks should be pro-trump or against yes trump? yes that's weird because because hmm. this person said person has totally bought into the <coughs> uh fabrication that trump is actually trying to change the system and his anti-establishment and all that punker goodness ah in fact it's a it's a fun moment toward the beginning of the film uh where they do a cover of nazi punks F- fuck off mm. Great punk song. Nice. The actors play their own instruments. They make a fine band. And of course, this is Anton Yelchin's final film. Oh. And he's amazing in this film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a loss. And this film, guy was... more than anything, example, it, it shows us what we lost. Yeah. yeah. I watched uh, Beyond again this week. And it, you know, watching him while watching the movie, it was just... It was, it was you know... Well, yeah, it I mean, was sad and poignant. All of his co-stars were just, you know, devastated. Not just because they lost a great friend, but they said, you know, here is this up-and-coming talent that really was starting to establish himself as, you know, somebody that you want to cast in your movies, and yeah. just, just gone. Even was, Terminator Salvation, when yeah. Vernon was selling me on, uh, and I'm watching the movie, I'm like, you know, the, uh, I didn't even know Yelchin the first time I saw the movie. So I'm just watching it. I'm watching him, and I was, you know, I was just, yeah, he's good in this. It, yeah, it's just. Now, now, they, now you bring up Patrick Stewart. He's terrifying in this film. Is he? Is he? he oh. he's, he's the leader of the uh, white supremacy group. Nice. And calling the shots and terrifying. Does he speak with an American accent? He speaks with an American accent. Wow. Although you know, it slips every now and then. But, okay. it's, but he's, he does pretty good with it. Going back to the uh, Yelchin thing, um, have they said what's going to happen with Star Trek? With his um, that character, Chekhov? I don't <laughs> know. Uh, I know that they were talking about not recasting the character. No, 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 no. Like, uh, CGI RX. <laughs> That's the alien who replaced them in uh, the animated series. One of, Done. One of the, Done. the questions that was posed was, uh, or when, when that question was posed, one of the answers they gave was the potential that in that universe they could just say he's off on another assignment or something sure. for the next film or something so 
that was that was brought up at the um, uh, the event in San Diego. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly it's clear that they've thought about it. I believe they're only contracted for uh, rather uh, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto are only contracted for one more film, and um, uh, several of the others would have to sign a single picture deal for whatever the next movie would be. So. Yeah. Who knows this? This that Beyond did well enough internationally. Um, it was a slow burner here in the U.S., so it started off big and then it kind of slumped that second weekend, if I remember correctly, and then that slowly started to pick back up. And I forgot what came out that weekend after it that really kind of hurt it. But uh, so it it ended up doing okay mm. domestically. It did really well internationally. So. The likelihood of there being which a is where the movie, movie money is now. Yeah. That's oh. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, shoot. I mean, if, if you ever watch the opening credits now, you know, every time you see one of those Chinese uh, production companies that's a that's a co-production or co-producer rather on the film, that's because they know they're targeting the international market. Yeah. There's a movie out called The Great Wall. You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That looks <clears throat> cool. I'm going to go see that. It it's looks really a good. little odd to me. I follow Donnie Yen on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he just posted today that apparently Triple uh, um, X, yeah. which is the movie he's in with uh, Vin, Diesel. Uh, Vin Diesel, is beating the living shit out of Chinese box office. Wow. It is doing very well. So you can expect another Triple X movie. Yeah, I guess so. The Legend well, the original, of the, the original Triple X is a good movie. The original yeah. one. Yeah, it was. No. Wasn't was it? The second, didn't the second one have somebody else in it? Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Yes, it did. Ice That's Cube. Right. But the first one was good. Yeah, the first one was fine. Wait, Ice Cube replaced Vin Diesel? Yes. 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 Oops. The, the, the premise of the <laughs> second no, I, I didn't was, see it. I but think the, he was shooting at Fast and Furious at the time. That's why they did it. Sure. The so. premise of the second one was supposed to be... Uh, I need another hardcore agent that could, you know, be the same thing that is like so that it was, it was basically X. it was basically quote unquote Sam Jackson recruiting another agent. Like the other guy was still around, but he needed another That's agent. That's what they should do. It's like the sequel should be quadruple X, the next one quintuple X. <laughs> <laughs> I want to got guys showing up in raincoats and yeah. <laughs> or, or or they could have done this the sequel could have been triple x t-o-o as opposed, as opposed to triple x2 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm triple x2 motherfucker <laughs> anything else gentlemen no uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what else happened nothing oh, i guess not you know let's do a little email all right email. hey Dear hoodlums and miscreants of the Ludmilla Power Hour Show. Yes. <laughs> I approve that message. <laughs> I hate to be redundant, but I wanted to thank you all again for your weekly podcast and for speaking so intelligently, usually, and passionately about the goings-on in the world of nerdery and geekery. It has sparked a lot of interest and curiosity in both my wife and myself and things that we probably never would have otherwise dipped our toes into. And because of it... We have developed a lot more shared activities, and our lives have been enriched. Okay, I'm done what polishing the tip. Is he listening to Jesus. I'm done polishing the tip of your collective knob with my tonsils. Oh, uh, I'm bringing it up. Our ninth anniversary is this week. In Happy f- anniversary! In fact, if your usual schedule holds true, episode 375 will stream out on our anniversary. 
If it wouldn't be too much trouble, could I impose... Are, are you doing fancy camera he, work? He is going to annoy the living shit out of people on Facebook with that stuff. They're going to fucking hate him. Were you giving me a dreamy... Yes. Tidal wave quality? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to suck. Oh. It's a good thing you're recording it and not live streaming it. Because then I would just really have to lay into you. Uh so if you saw that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm going to post it. You should. All At right. this point, I can't yeah, really. kind of have to. All right. Yeah, you Fine. put that shit out there, Andy. Yeah, you own it. Yeah. <laughs> if it wouldn't be too much trouble, could I impose upon you guys to wish Stephanie a happy anniversary from me? Yes. The Thomas says, happy anniversary, Stephanie, and from all of us, Yay, to both of Stephanie. you, happy from anniversary. Geek Shock. Good job putting up with this shit. For nine years. <laughs> I mean, wow. Go for ten. Mm. And take him for everything he's got. There you go. You're four years past the national average. <laughs> <laughs> Way, to, Way to go. Wow. This, Sweet. Man, Tommy, you're past. Oh, yeah. This is inspiring shit. You are a... You are a yeah, cynical, <laughs> cynical bastard. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> wow, and this is coming from Andy, folks. And if you knew the details, <laughs> I did not have a perfect marriage. It just seems only fitting that since so much of this past year has involved things we've discovered because of you guys, that you would be the perfect messengers for this sentiment. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I may even exclaim your names like Santa later when I'm getting sex because of it. On Torgo, on Andy, on Matt, and on Paul, on Jeff, and on that guy that really needs to buy a fucking vowel. Unquote. Mm. <laughs> now. I don't want him to be putting anything on us <laughs> at that point. <laughs> you can scream my name. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, I, I want got, you yeah. to shout Kirsten multiple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call me master. Commander. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> but uh, now here's what I really don't appreciate. Uh oh. Why are you looking what, at we, everything we sec. just said? My wife had a strict and sheltered upbringing. Mm. Her parents were quite restrictive when it came to television and movies. So there is a metric fuck ton of stuff that I have been furiously trying to expose her to over the past decade. Sadly, I am but one man, and there's only so much time in a day. About two years, I was made aware the fact she had never seen anything Star Trek. And that's not something you can just let slide. What? <laughs> I took the time to research and compile a list of the original air dates of every show and release date of every movie so that we could start with episode one of the original series Ooh. and do it by the numbers Holy crap. in order which I think is important for the next generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, which overlapped and aired concurrently right. with he's, all their cross-pollination of story arc and characters. He's going air date, not production date? Yes, that's yeah, what, that, that makes sense. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking yeah, because... Yeah. We made it through the original series, but then I called an audible and we did Enterprise. And then we went back for the next generation. We're now a few seasons into Deep Space Nine <laughs> and season one of Voyager. We've met the Dominion, and then you guys come out of nowhere with the past few episodes of incredible spoilers, and yeah. the, oh, it's been 20 years. We can talk about this, you fucking cock fossils. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I cannot talk about it. Yes, I can. Just like this. Of course, we are the outliers. 
Yep. We are not the norm. Nope. I'm joking and completely understand that 20 years is more than a reasonable amount of time. But God damn, two years is a long investment just to have it spoiled in the home stretch. Boy, wait till Jazia dies. Stop right there. <laughs> Stop right there. Yeah. We are not the norm. That's the new t-shirt. <laughs> Geek shock. We are not the norm. Yes. Thanks again for all you do. You may now go back to discussing what Andy almost did this week. Right. The Thomas. Um, well, the Thomas. The Thomas. Recent studies have shown that spoilers do not actually uh, lessen your enjoyment of the material if the material is sound. Of course, yeah, so you're enjoying it more studies than you thought. Were run by Jeff, so oh, okay. I don't know how you know. Yes, but but if uh, post post that list uh, the 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 list on the on the uh, shock monkeys layer, I want to know the, what list the, the viewing order. He compiled the viewing order. Dude, that's a huge entry. That's a yeah. That's a lot of typing. What's if you get the if you well, get the if he's start compiled it, it's probably in a file. He just needs to copy paste it. Dude, he probably hand wrote it. Oh. And if you own the Blu-ray set, it's in air date order. Yeah, it does start with the. Man I'm gonna watch it on Netflix. Right, but he's doing that crossover thing with you know Deep Space Nine that's crazy. Yeah, right, exactly. And so yeah. that's except the for order that Enterprise thing, which where the fuck did that come from? He called an audible. I am curious as to as to why that. Yeah, he's right. trying to do it in timeline order. No, no if you should have done Enterprise all. first. Yeah, I was going to say Enterprise first. Time. Oh, yeah. yeah, Enterprise first. And that makes me have to ask: Did you include the animated series in this? That and, and it is canon. Yeah, it is and, canon, and, dude. And stop right now. Just scrap your whole project. Start Babylon Five. <laughs> And thank me later. Babylon 5, thank me later. There you go. <laughs> it's the condensed version of everything you've done. How does that end? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. With Sheridan going out beyond the room. Oh. Uh, God damn it, Jeff. If beyond you, if the you count rim. The movies. Ah. <laughs> if you count the standalone movies, which I guess aren't part of the box sets, so you still have to find those separately. No, you oh, can wow. buy the box set with the movies. Really? I did. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. He did. The Canadian version. It's region it, it 1.5. It actually is. Amazon Canada, to be exact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want to throw a shout out to the person that started the Twitter account for Geek Shock Alt Facts. That's funny. <laughs> nice. I uh, spelled Geek Shock A-L-T-F-A-X. There's a lot of fun work in that, and I'm really enjoying it. Thank oh, you for, for everything you're doing. Except stop confusing me and Matt, because there's a couple of those in there. Yeah? Yeah. They attribute stuff to Matt, and it's like, that was me. God damn it. All right. Didn't oh. even say it. Getting credit. So, <laughs> so you're worried about losing the credit not taking the blame. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's how it works, Andy. <laughs> uh, one more email. I am. Like? I am so sorry. Uh -oh. Who is this? On episode three seventy three, Leprous, you had the misfortune of reading an email I wrote about my ridiculous bullshit story about a reincarnated lesbian Paul, or whatever the fuck that story was about. Right. Allow me to explain. The entire story was literally a fever dream I had a couple of weeks back. Yeah, it's a fever. When I woke up from it, still in a delirium, I had the grand idea to write out a half-baked synopsis and send it to you. I didn't think any more about it until I heard Torgo start reading it. Oh, well. I immediately felt like running out into the oncoming traffic <laughs> as I listened to horror, in horror to what had to be the worst story idea I'd ever heard. You guys definitely hit the nail on the head when you 
said it sounded like Neil Gaiman and Kevin Smith. Good Omens ranks amongst my favorite books, and Dogma is one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies. At the time, it sounded like a good idea in my head, but when the fever broke and I listened to Paul's overview of Star Trek episodes and MC Hammer, I quickly realized how incredibly stupid and unoriginal it actually was. I had a second fever dream that I won't go into detail to, but here's a short synopsis. A trauma version of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but with radioactive meatballs. Again, I have to ask myself, what the serious fuck? I just wanted to say, I have lesbian friends, and I would never read this story to, even if you put a gun to my head. Kay was absolutely right to red light the idea because it was just a backhanded insult to the LGBTQ community by reinforcing a stereotype. The idea was poorly constructed, the name was an abomination, and I was embarrassed beyond belief to have brought that abortion of a story before you, Torgo. The book man. And two men who have actually written a successful book. It's too bad we sold it to the guy that made Birdemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Copyright, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, dude, you know. At I'm... least creative commons, something. <laughs> That's how Romero lost Night of the Living Dead. Mm. I'm a musician, not a writer. I had aspirations to be a storyteller, but this was just another footnote in a long line of failures that I've had over the years. I had two D&D campaigns go belly up because of my bad storytelling. I suppose the best thing for me to do, give up on writing, stick to what I'm better at, even though my biggest success as a musician was from recording saxophone and drums over Paul's song. As an artist, I'm terribly ashamed that I've yet to really create anything of my own that I can be proud of. Again, I apologize for subjecting the gentleman to the pile of shit that he mistook for a good idea. Signed, Mr. Scoopy, Scoopy Butthole. Scoopy Butthole. Who'd you offend in the D&D game? The elves and the half-orcs? Ah. Yeah. Stereotypes. <laughs> but, listen. We all have failures in, in so many <laughs> parts of our lives. We all have fever dreams. We all have fever dreams that we shouldn't send to people, but sometimes do. And Not if me. you send it to Geek Shock, it's going to get red. It is. It is. Not me. I'm great at everything I do. There was something in it. When you do it, Mr. <laughs> I didn't do anything this week. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So if storytelling, this is maybe not that story, but if you still want to tell the story, <laughs> find a story. Yeah. Just don't do it from a fever. Dude, it sounds like you got a great story in this guy who keeps sending out stories he shouldn't be sending out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say this two-parter right here, right here, is a great go, short story man. as it is. So, uh, again, we send it to the Birdemic guy, yeah. so you can't use yeah, it. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, there's news. There's a uh, lot of news. Yay, news! A lot of news, but, oh, eat your vegetables, guys. News you don't give a shit about! Yeah. <laughs> Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer, the duo behind the recent installments in the Scary Movie franchise, uh, Vampires Suck, and other genre spoof films, have announced that they will write and direct Star Worlds Episode XXIVE equals MC Squared, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi Who Went Rogue. A new comedy, presumably in their throw every gag at the wall to see what sticks style. No word yet as to who might star when the film will be released, but the duo hopes to start shooting this fall. Hmm. Wow. <sighs> yeah. I miss the Zuckers and Abrams. And they, those guys knew how to take that genre and, and craft it into something that was not only unique, but lampooned 
the genre that they were spoofing. The Zookers are full of silly. Yeah. But they're also full of very smart, somewhat esoteric, and very absurdist comedy. Well, every scene was layered. You had your you had your heady comedy in the foreground and then you had your slapstick typically going on in the background. So you're trying to focus on one thing or the other. And, and they had jokes in there that <clears throat> unless you knew your shit, you did not yeah. know it was even a joke. Exactly. Like the fact that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was cast in this movie is because that mo- this movie is based on Zero Hour. Yes. Right. Almost entirely, which is a serious... Well, Airplane, if you've seen Airplane, you've seen Zero Hour. Yeah. Except right. take out all the jokes. <clears throat> right. All right. But in Zero Hour, they hired a football player to play the co-pilot. Yes. A guy who never really acted before. So their joke was to put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a basketball player that never really acted before, in that role. It's a joke that you only get if you know Zero Hour. And then they call it out in the movie, too. He's like... I know who you are. And he goes, no, I'm Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pirate. A pilot. You must have me confused. Airline pirate. I like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Jeff. Red, green light, green light. Green airline light. pirate. Airline, airline pirate. 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 That's great. Wow. We're on fire tonight. But, and uh, and yeah. that's what's missing from, I guess, the last movie that even had a modicum of that was Date Movie. And that was it, it, a stretch. Yeah, there were pirates in date movie. Yeah, you if you, you blink, you miss them. But and you, date it's pirates. Like, you, it's okay to do the little spoof scenes of multiple movies in that genre, but you still have to have a decent through story and build upon that. So that's really, I think, the problem is that the Zuckers and Abrahams were really good at crafting the overall story. And then sticking on all the other stuff. In fact, uh, they were talking about um, when they were writing Airplane, they started with the script to Zero Hour, which Paramount actually ended up buying just so they could do this film. So Paramount bought and owns Zero Hour in addition to Airplane. But uh, And then they basically started with that script as the structure and then rewrote it with their jokes. In fact, there's... At least one really good YouTube video that shows the z- scenes juxtaposed, right, so right. you can see that it literally is that script. But yeah, there are airplane is becoming um, our version of Cracks uh, Teddy Roosevelt. We just keep going back to it. We've 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 talked about airplane a few times. We have Cracks. No, cra- the Crack Crack dot com. They just keep going back to Teddy Roosevelt. We and we go back. Oh, to okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. See, yes, it, we, we are. Enunciate, we explain are it more. Teddy Roosevelt on crack. That's what we got. Okay. That's us. So, but yeah, these these guys, at least what they've done thus far, and to be frank, I haven't seen much because I've been warned away from so much of these later spoof movies. Sure. And then so, when you start to try watching them, it just like you know, you lose interest really quick. But again, it's just because it's it's just now silly stoner comedies, right? And not to, and there doesn't seem to be any kind of substance to the comedy. There's, yeah, have your silly, but have something of substance too. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. News you don't give a shit about. Apple is now jumping into the world of original programming. Apple Music has shared a trailer 
for a new series that will put developers and celebrities alike in a contest to create the next big time app. It's called Planet of the Apps. It's like Shark Tank and incorporates stars like Will I Am, Gwyneth Paltrow, and others to sell itself. Uh, the internet has not been reacting positively to this one, uh, so Apple has blocked comments to the official video that they'd posted. They have another one, too. I think it's based on that carpool karaoke that uh, James Corden does on Late Night. Uh, that's they, a, that's now, another Apple original programming. I think. Now are they using James Corden and moving forward? I that? don't think they are. I think they're doing it without him. They're still using like celebrities in the car like he does on his show. So it's so like like Conan's video game mm-hmm. Only series. being but, spun off as its own thing. Yeah, that, that they're not using Conan for. Right. So, yeah. I might have that confused with them, but I'm pretty sure I saw that that was Apple. Original just, programming. Just the planet of the apps. I, I'm, I'm all for a pun, but man, that one hurts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Actually, I do give a shit about this. Many people don't because of the magazine, but when oh. a beloved magazine dies. <sighs> No, this should be on not being dudes you'll give it. This should be in the on the Yeah, this news. really should be in Move Weekend that puppy. Geek. I'm gonna move that puppy. Weekend Geek! Yay! Hey, what's the first item of Weekend Geek? <laughs> 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 I might cut that out as a uh, <clears throat> the entrance for all these going forward. The sound bite. That'd be funny. That's that's that was pretty stellar. <laughs> Acting! Brilliant, thank you. Founded in 1979 as a spin-off of popular sci-fi fan magazine Starlog, Fangoria has published regularly ever since, surviving the rise and fall of its own spin-off magazine, Gorezone, as well as various ventures into radio, television, and film production. But these are tough times for the magazine industry, and after a very public split with longtime editor Michael Gingold last year, Fangoria has lost another editor-in-chief in Ken Hanley. Over the weekend, Hanley posted on Facebook saying he no longer works for Fangoria, but, quote, I will forever be grateful for the freedom and opportunities that the company offered me throughout the years, and I'll miss writing for them, unquote. This was not just a polite breakup letter, though. After expressing his gratitude, Hanley dropped this bomb, quote, For those wondering, there will likely never be another issue of Fangoria, print or digital, unless the magazine goes under new ownership, unquote. After the ensuing dust-up amongst the subsets of a subset that is horror film writers online, including several who had written for Fangoria with the promise of payment who never received their checks, the magazine came forward today with a statement saying, in a rather convoluted way, the magazine can no longer afford to produce a print edition. And that, quote, with time and continued patience from our fans, writers, artists, and subscribers, we'll be working endlessly to make good on any funds owed for magazines and or articles written, unquote. The Fangoria website is still up, moderately active, posting an article every couple of days. And according to today's statement, will remain so for the foreseeable future. So while the brand isn't dead, Fangoria magazine, as we know it, appears to be... Yeah, that's pretty sad. I will say this. As monster horror fan who buys his share of horror magazines on a regular basis, it has been ages since I have bought a Fangoria. I, I feel that they're 
quality for what they offered at the price was nowhere near as good as, say, Room Org, which was a far superior magazine, or Horror Hound, which is a smaller magazine, but uh, about half the price. What's the British one that has a lot of sci-fi and horror stuff? Empire? Uh, Empire is just a film magazine altogether. Okay, it seems, it seems like they focus on the ones I've seen have been a lot of sci-fi stuff. Uh, they have two uh, really good British sci-fi magazines out there. I subscribe to both. And uh, I can't remember either one of them right now. <laughs> but I, what I love about those sci-fi mags from Britain is they have a great devoted section to book reviews. And that's one thing that Rumorg does well. Uh, Horror Hound does a really good job of just focusing on one subject per magazine and then have some smaller articles. But that one subject, they'll give you the whole history. Like the last one was um, Mars Attacks. Or I have one just devoted to all the Exorcist films and all of the toys and comic books and things that came out regarding that. Covers the entire run of whatever came out of that one subject. And that's why I like Horror Hound. But Fangoria, I don't know, man. They they just became less and less of yeah. an interesting magazine to me. I mean, late 80s, early 90s, they were... They were the magazine. The magazine to own. I mean, hell, I mean, somewhere... I guess it might be a collector's item now. Somewhere I have... Uh, a magazine that has uh, Army of Darkness listed as Evil Dead 3, uh, yes. oh. Army of Darkness. Because apparently that was the original working title until it got picked up by, was that uh, De Laurentiis, if I'm not mistaken? I will but, say uh, yeah. this is what gives me a little bit of hope for the future. I'm saying down the line, probably 10, possibly 15 years. All the Starlog magazines are available on the uh, internet database. Oh, nice. You can read every single Starlog that ever came out. That's right. You did talk about that. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful archive to have. The Internet Archive is a wonderful place to find old magazines. And I'm hoping Fangoria finds its way there eventually. All of those old issues especially. That'd be really nice. I think my, my fondest memory of before I really got into horror, back when I was a scared little shit, I opened up a Fangoria magazine, and there was a picture of the little demon children from the horror comedy movie House, starring a William Cat. Oh, yes. Yeah. Greatest American hero. Yeah. And, but the... And in the movie, you don't see them very much. They, they, they're quick shots, and, and right. so they, you only get it kind of an image. But it was a freeze frame of that, and that picture still sticks with me today of how much that, that bothered me. I, I probably didn't sleep for days after just seeing that one picture. So bravo, Fangoria, in the past for making me the man I am today. Isn't John Ratzenberger in House 2 for about two minutes? Probably. He was in the first house. Oh, was he? There's one, I, remember, I just remember seeing a scene where, where he comes in and... Like open the alleys, like comes in as a pest control guy, and then like oh, you know right? I I I take it back. You're right. I was thinking uh, the other guy from Cheers, um, George Went. Yes, he's oh. in the first house, and then Ratzenberger, I think, is makes an appearance at the second okay. one. Second one's weird. Yeah, second one's weird. Uh, third one's kind of non-existent because they renamed it, and the fourth one is just gross. Hmm. But that first house, I absolutely love it. Second one's okay. But yeah, Fangoria, you will be missed. Less than two weeks ago, Ben Affleck announced that he would no longer direct The Batman. 
mm. and would hand the job off to another filmmaker while he focused on his duties to star as star and co-writer. Give who a hand job? <laughs> well, apparently he's off. He's giving it to uh, War of the Planet of the Apes Helmer Matt Reeves because that's who's taking over. Matt Reeves, he's so. getting the Affleck hand job. Yes. Well, and probably deserves it. Oh, uh, he's been offered the uh, the director's chair. It looks like he's accepted. After making waves with the horror features Cloverfield and Let Me In, Reeves took over the Planet of the Apes franchise with 2014's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn earned near-universal critical acclaim for its storytelling and its seamless blending of live-action motion-captured characters. Anybody here see Dawn, Planet yeah. of the Apes? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, that was the second one, right? That, yeah. That was the, how, how was that? Yeah, it was all right. Was I mean, right. I'm, an, I'm an old-school dude. I went to the Go Ape tonight marathon that where they put all five of these 60s 70s ape movies and oh, they wow. played them all at the drive-in wow. from dusk to dawn oh wow my uh, parents we were setting up for that and i remember my dad and mom talking and they were like jesus this is gonna be all night and my <laughs> dad was like yeah fuck when he falls asleep we'll go home so i went into my room and took a nap Oh, <laughs> and I was up for all five of those fucking movies wow. in that drive-in. So, I'm when, ver- so about what time to get over with then? It was it was dawn, dude. It was about five thirty in the morning. Dawn it, of the morning. I mean, yeah. Wow. So I I'm interested in what they did <laughs> with the movies because they it was. So it was is fun. dawn the one with Caesar the the one that takes place in? Relatively mm-hmm. okay. Actually, I, I Dawn was good. Dawn is the sequel because there's uh, the original Planet of the Apes. Rise, I think they call it Rise yeah, of the Rise Planet of the, Planet of the Apes. Uh, that was which the one, one are we talking about right now? The original or the new ones? I'm talking about the new ones. Okay, all right. And I wasn't sure. Anymore. Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the one with James Franco, where Caesar first gets out, and and there it's That's it, the one I it's saw. really all about Caesar, and then at the end you have that awful moment when the stuff that makes the apes smart also apparently is something that kills humans and is released and then in the sequel is the post-apocalyptic metric shit ton of humans across the world have died because of the stuff that made the apes smart and the apes are trying to be separate and 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 live apart but humanity keeps going after them and kind of pushes them into the war. Yeah, and and that was the one thing about it that was like, oh God, you know Hollywood, you really just have to do it this way, don't you? But they had to do a whole. You had that one element of nasty human beings who just wanted to push push the apes into war, and they did, and then the apes kicked their ass. So the same as a remake of Avatar. <laughs> oh. You know, it kind of gets like that. But yeah. the apes led by an orangutan. What? Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? What do we do? What do we oh, do? I, I, Trump reference. It's oh, Andy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn. Almost funny, Andy. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So it, it was, it was, the thing that gets me about those movies is the special effects. Because holy shit. The, 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 it really, it really does look like there's fucking apes standing there talking and shit like that. It's really just incredibly well done. Circus earning his paycheck. Yeah, really. So, so and, that's the problem you had with it, is the the stuff. Well, that kind of what it got. No, from that. no, it was the whole. You know, we pushed them into war, and 
you know, then they, you know, that's how the apes kick humanity's ass is they're pushed into war and it's just sort of, eh. You know, do they win? It's kind of like a draw. It's kind of a draw. Yeah. This next movie, it looks like, is the final, the final fuck you. But I don't know. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah, Planet of the Apes, the final fuck you. Yeah, I don't All right. that'd be my title. <laughs> the final fuck you of the apes. Just putting it out there, Universal Twentieth Century, whoever the fuck you are, Paramount. I don't know. Somebody's doing it. Columbia. Lionsgate. <laughs> Has Thanos' head always been up there? Yeah. Yes. I've had, oh. At least for a few months, at least, okay. I've had Thanos' head up here, yes. Okay. Big old head. Ah, oh, non-sequitur Andy. Yeah. Next to the big old glove. Yeah, next to big Too old they're not to Silent scale. Bob. <laughs> Adam Nimoy produced and directed the award-winning documentary For the Love of Spock. Watch that. Very cool. Which chronicled the life of his father, the late Leonard Nimoy. Now he's back for another documentary. Thanks to a successful crowdfunding campaign, this time, we just keep coming back to it. it it's fuck Shatner. This time, instead of the classic <laughs> trek of his father's day, Nimoy will be exploring the world of the third Star Trek series, yep. Deep Space Nine. Yay, Matt, are you yep. excited? <laughs> I've seen I, I've seen the teaser trailer for that. It actually looks pretty good. I love DS9. This will be cool. It's called What We Left Behind, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It plans to uh, interweave interviews with the cast, crew, and fans of what the Indiegogo campaign acknowledges as the most dark and edgy of all five and counting Star Trek series. Oh, yeah. Uh, quoting the description, our documentary film, What We Left Behind, looking back at Star Trek Deep Space Nine, will take a detailed look at this historic series and consider the reasons Deep Space Nine went from a family outcast to a Star Trek mainstay. Yeah. The film will also contain a what-if segment in which the original writers brainstorm a theoretical eighth season of the show. That's that's pretty cool. Klingons and Garrick. Now, that's why. They've actually shot the whole thing. It's just now uh, they're doing uh, fundraising for the uh, the post-production. Okay. For editing, etc. Is that last season so bad that it be, if you're going to watch it, you'd be better off just not watching that, that last season? Just watch no, the last yeah. season. Just watch, watch it. it. It's just and and mail a dead rat to <laughs> Matt because <laughs> it is not great. I mean, it's quite clearly this is the last season. We're going to wrap everything up. Oh my god, we got so much shit. We're not going to quite wrap it all up. Oh well, we're done. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, yeah wow. you know, that's, exactly. That is what it is. That is what it is. Okay. Episode twenty three already. Shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And speaking of for love of Spock, my friend Marty is actually in that film. Yeah, Marty, he shows up. Yep. J. Marty, your uh, Dormani. Uh huh. I've I've never okay. Uh, the thing about Marty that you really want to bring up, bring up, bling up, yo man, yeah. bling up Marty. All right, I gotta stop drinking the fireball. Bring no, no, up. no, have another shot. <laughs> is um, an unnamed individual who was selling. All sorts of cast-off shit from Star Trek The Experience on eBay. I know his name. Marty pretty much scooped up because everything was being sold. If you left a pair of dirty underwear at Star Trek The Experience... That's what happened to those. That ended up on eBay. God damn it. We used to put up as advertisement in Quarks. Jeff will attest to this. Mm -hmm. Plaques. 
of the names of individuals who got married on the bridge because we had the whole marry on the bridge setup. Right. And Marty, bless his soul, he bought up all of the plaques because, yes, the plaques were being sold on eBay. So he is now actually trying to find anyone and everyone who oh, got married wow. on the bridge, whoever's out there, if you've done it, put the word out, folks, if you knew people who married at the experience, because if you get a hold of Marty and you can get a hold of him through us, you can find him on um, Facebook. Yeah, he has his own Facebook page for the for that project. For the plaques. He is trying to get the plaques, the individual name tags, back to everybody he will send it to you what once is, you prove that you've you've done it. He will get you your plaque. He on you on his plaque. own dime, he's on not asking for any money. No. He's not accepting any money from the, the parties. He spent his own money to buy the things in the first place. What a great man. Wow. Yes, he is. And he has actually, it was so funny. I, I kind of teased him about it because the last convention I met him at, he actually got a little teary-eyed because he actually had rendezvoused with some people gotten them their name name plaque and they were really really just so happy and they were just like they they were so happy and effusive in their praise it really touched him so it, it's it's and it's a wonderful thing because he really is he's totally selflessly not looking for a thing other than to get people yeah. their name tags in fact uh one of the one of the stories it's it's actually it's a little bittersweet uh gentleman uh got a hold of marty for the, to get the little that little name tag sent to him and uh turns out that his wife had passed and he literally thought when the place had closed that you know all he had left were like the few pictures and so forth from the ceremony and uh he said he just he couldn't thank marty enough for getting him in that plaque back because that's all sorry i keep losing my voice here folks i thought you're choking <clears throat> up yeah no I, oh, I, emotional jeff <laughs> but uh the ice is cracking he uh <laughs> He he mailed it back to him, and he's he just profusely thanked. I think he even met him met up with Marty at that the might uh, be experience. the story I'm talking about. No, he's got several, but I, I think he met up with him at uh, the convention one year, and and then he told Marty the story about his wife had yeah. passed and so yeah. forth. And wow, shoot, it brought Marty to tears because yeah, he was just like yeah. he was affected. So, so yeah, yeah, it it it's a wonderful thing that uh, Marty's doing, man. Be just good, to be good to people, man. Yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. He's a good soul. Well, it, it, Star Trek meant so much to him, and and the experience meant so much to him. He said it. He felt like it was one of the only ways he could kind of give back to you know what it meant to him because he was he was a gay man growing up in the South. Um, it's kind of always the outsider. In fact, that's one of the things he references in For the Love of Spock. Now, is Je that, now Jeff is choking up. Is uh, <clears throat> excuse me once again. Um, is that you know Spock being kind of the consummate outsider, yet part of the crew, that that alien amongst humans, you know, kind of helped him get through his childhood. So, I am a cynical yeah. bastard going to all the people that divorced. I don't fucking want that plaque. That fucking bitch. She fucking cheated yeah, me. Really. Fuck that cunt. Send <laughs> like, like, it to me so I can burn it. He hasn't run into that yet, at least not that he's shared with me. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm going to say it's probably a lower percentage than the average because nerds breed for life. 
<laughs> no, there's that. Breed for life or mate for life? Mate for life. <laughs> well, uh, unless you're Andy. Andy breeds for life. Oh, yeah, he's, baby. He's, he's sometimes He's a breeder. Sometimes <laughs> nerds mate, but they don't breed. <laughs> Very often, Just yes. don't walk slow around Andy, no, ladies. Geez. Well, this, you know. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> I mean, it'll be consensual, but, you know, you might be surprised. <laughs> It, it, it might, might be consensual, consensual but it might be a surprise. Be That's cons- another shirt somehow. <laughs> we got to make that work. It might be consensual, but you'll definitely be surprised. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't. God. What the, yeah, okay. Right. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to revisit your, your definition of the word consensual. Uh, <laughs> How much fireball did you have? I just formed in San Diego, and boy, my arm's tired. <laughs> <laughs> Not just your arms. Yeah, my is brain is tired. <laughs> your brain is fired? <laughs> my brain is tired. It's also fired. <laughs> you fired. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's practically expired. <laughs> oh, rhymes. Inspired. Rhymes. Last spring, Steve Rogers, Captain America himself, was revealed to be a secret Hydra agent in Marvel Comics. And they lost so many fans. Did they really lose so many? No, they just lost a few silly people. And an an agent, not just a Hydra agent, not just now, but apparently forever. Uh, Marvel's been dealing with the implications of that ever since. And now the whole Marvel Universe will have to contend with Cap's dark secret. The publisher announced that its upcoming Secret Empire event will be Steve Rogers versus the Marvel Universe, as his plans to conquer on Hydra's behalf are revealed to the other heroes. I love that Secret Empire. It's like, you know, the whole story about where Secret Wars came from. They did a marketing test as to what words appeal to young boys, and it was like Secret and wars so it's like marvel secret wars that's what we're doing and so now secret empire that's just that's fucking Mm. awesome god it's you know you might get pissed at the stories but you gotta look at the marketing side of it and just tip your fucking hat because they really do break it down to a cold clinical science to just I mean, you know, they just come secret empire, guys. Whatever you write, that's what you're writing, and then all the writers go off and do that. I just well played, Marvel. Oh my well God, played. it's just it's funny. Quote: His plans and Hydra's plans will have begun to unfurl. Marvel L-A. senior vice president Tom Brevoort said. We are done with the covert portion, the build-up portion of the program. Secret Empire is the pyrotechnics, the big Michael Bay blockbuster. Huge colossal struggles and battles across the Marvel Universe with all of our key characters and players taking a big role, unquote. Uh, For those of you who haven't uh, followed thus far, here's the basic rundown. Back in 2014, the super soldier serum in Cap's body was neutralized, giving him a leaving him aged and depowered. He later regained his powers Yay. with the help of a sentient cosmic cube known as Kobik. Oh, yeah. But when that act came, implanted false memories of Hydra, oh. Oh, courtesy of a Red Skull clone. Nasty. Since then, Cap's been keeping his new allegiances secret, even scheming through Civil War II to make sure Ulysses couldn't find him out. That's right, Ulysses, because... Yeah. 
<laughs> so wait. <laughs> so wait, he. So he wasn't. Uh, oh. oh, never mind. Oh boy, My brain Andy's hurts. ears are bleeding. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soap operas for boys, people. Soap yeah. operas for boys. <laughs> there you go. Quote, we just come off of Civil War 2 and in Humans versus X-Men, two big, dark events that had heroes fighting against heroes over oh, somewhat defensible positions. Terrible. This is very much more an old school story. Indefensible position, Cap. You will know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. This is not heroes fighting heroes. This is heroes fighting a bad guy. Editor-in-chief Axel Alonso said, Marvel's embraced a more deconstructive approach to its universe in recent years. Revealing secret allegiances and old sins long buried in event after event. Now one of the biggest secrets in Marvel Comics is coming out after months of subterfuge. Secret Empire kicks off with issue zero in April, followed by issue number one in May. Secret, boys. Secret. And wars. And empire. Empire. Come on. Empire Strikes Back. That's that's a great word. Another empire. Empire. So this just in. I'll have something to talk about next week on what you do. I want Talk is Jericho. It's the Wayne's World 25th anniversary on this podcast. That's going to be cool. I can't wait to. Uh, what, what? Way to derail, Matt. <laughs> wait, wow. Ta- okay. Talk, Pod- excuse me. Wait, 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 Talking wait, wait, in wait, wait, fragments. Wait, yes. Nobody understands. Is my deal? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Somebody stroke while it's, I'm Matt. Okay. It's a podcast I listen to along with uh, this it's one. It's called uh, Talk is Jericho? Talk is Jericho. Chris Jericho's podcast. Oh, oh I can't okay. wait to not listen to that. Wayne's World 25th anniversary. <laughs> oh, he's actually pretty good. Because I didn't talk about that last week or anything. No. But you're not Chris Jericho. I you're, guess you're, not. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear what a wrestler has to say about the 25th anniversary mm. of... Uh, you guys all just made the list. Uh, <laughs> all my wrestling fans out there want to understand what that means. <laughs> 25th. That's after 24th. <laughs> Any other podcasts you want to talk about? Yeah, really. No. <laughs> no. Sure. Certainly not you know, this one. You know the wrestling ones? No. Wrestling? Boxing? Any, no. Ha, are there you, any you don't other have podcasts Paul here to defend your wrestling yeah. this week. <laughs> Retards running into walls? Anything? <laughs> no other no. podcasts we need to plug all around, I guess? <laughs> Steve Dangle Podcast? Toronto Maple Leafs Podcast? That's a good one. I think I'd rather listen to the Jericho wow. Podcast, frankly. What? <laughs> Am I insulting you? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Various writers and directors have been trying to get a new Halloween film off the ground ever since Rob Zombie wrapped up his reboot of the franchise in 2009. Last year, the franchise got a little boost when horror power player Bloomhouse Productions started working to develop a new film. Halloween creator John Carpenter announced via his Facebook page Thursday that Bloomhouse founder Jason Bloom brought him a new pitch for the next film with... Stay with me. Writer-director David Gordon Green, who's behind Pineapple Express, and writer-actor Danny McBride from Eastbound and Down. Friday the Stoner? Mm-hmm. And apparently Carpenter was very happy with what he heard. Well, you know. McBride Carpen- is actually a really good writer. And Carpenter partakes, doesn't he? Uh, he's going to executive produce this one. This. Yeah. And this is what uh, Carpenter posted on his Facebook page. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are joining the project to complete the creative team. David and Danny will write the script together, and David will direct. I will continue in my executive producer role to consult and offer my advice and feedback as needed. David and Danny both came to my office recently with Jason Bloom and shared their vision for the new movie. And wow, 
They get it. I think you're going to dig it. They blew me away. I might even do this music, maybe. Ooh. It could be kind of cool. You'll yeah, get to see so. it in theaters on October 19th, 2018. McBride specified that the film will not be a remake or a reboot, but instead will follow the events of Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2 from 1981 mm. in some way. Right. McBride says the tone will be pure horror. Quote, Green and I are definitely going to do a straight-up horror. Halloween has always been one of my favorite movies of all time. There's a simplicity and an efficiency to the first one that I think allows movies to be just scary as hell. And so Green and I, our approach is to get back to that. And for that, all I have to say is much applause, gentlemen. Right. Okay. By all means, mm. you have my blessing. Rescue this failing franchise. Interesting. So how many bad movies in between those uh, two? Um, Lots. The, the first two are good. Right. The third one's good, but it's not Michael Myers. Right. It's, it's goofy witch, a little, right? but it's still good. And you know what? Actually, four and five for his own little standalone thing isn't bad. But after that, it just how many are falls there off the rails. After that, oh my goodness! I guess H two O is kind of all right. You have. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask you, you about have, that one because I never saw yeah. that one. But that's where they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back. Yeah, sure. Right. And it's okay. It's not bad. But what where really is terrible is the one they did after that, the one where Michael Myers is fighting a karate wielding. I can't even remember who the rapper is at this point. Oh jeez, karate rapper, karate rapper. Yeah. You've sold DMX. Me. Uh, I don't know what. I want to watch Ghostface Killer. I don't. I don't Two remember, chains. I don't got, remember if it was Coolio or somebody about around that era. Oh but, boy. But yeah, it's just it was terrible. That was just a terrible movie the idea wasn't bad the idea was to do a that there was a reality show so they had cameras all over you know the planted all over the house so the concept was neat but the execution was terrible hmm. and and i'm not even gonna talk about curse of michael myers because oh god damn it <laughs> that was the rob zombie one no and then you oh. have the rob zombie one. Oh, <laughs> you, you had to get him started <laughs> Man. and i think i made my opinions very clear on that one mm. the second one is a a, a does it go as far off as the Friday the Thirteenth ones, like Jason in space, like ridiculous, like that? I will defend Jason X. I will defend Jason. Actually, in space. I, I liked it. It's a really well, fun then movie. What are you doing? It just went all over the place. <laughs> you know, I, I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they say the last bastion of a horror film is putting them in space, but that one did it right. That one <laughs> was was fun. Again, like I said before. Friday the 13th works if you don't take it seriously, and that one definitely didn't take it seriously. <laughs> In fact, it nearly was a spoof of Friday the 13th. That mm. Just that close. Nice. I'm trying to think of which horror movies went into space. Leprechaun went into space badly, right? Yeah, and Leprechaun never started good. Mm -hmm. Leprechaun is a horrible series beginning to end. Although, <laughs> I would put it out there. Uh, oh, shoot. What is his name? Uh, Adam Caesar. Uh, the guy that did, I th think it's called Zero Lives Remaining. I talked about that book a while back. A, sh a short horror novella taking place at an 80s throwback arcade. Mm -hmm. he he's really good at writing B-movie horror. He wrote a book called Leprechaun the Musical, the book. I think he did it in conjunction with somebody else. And it is a novel about a, mm. a theater company creating Leprechaun the Musical. And the leprechaun character from the movies invades them. That exists. That's nice. So that yeah. I can stand yeah, behind. I like that. 
One of those Leprechaun movies was partially filmed in Vegas, right? I don't. I think care. it's a Pawn Stars. Yeah, I don't. I. I yeah, re- Leprechaun, go to Sin City. I don't know, fucking something. Yeah. That that Leprechaun jackpot. I saw that first one in the movie theater and I hated it. I hated Leprechaun so much. <laughs> Your luck has run out. Uh, yeah, that's another one. And I loved him so much in Willow. <laughs> ah, Faith and Begora. Leprechaun hit me again. <laughs> It. <laughs> is that your Vegas version? Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> a company in Nashville, Tennessee, an interesting idea, is planning the world's first indoor drive-in. Huh? <laughs> All the first people die of carbon monoxide. <laughs> right. Yeah. <That's> really? <laughs> my first thought. You don't know what went wrong. What happened? Agreed. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> but that's not what it is. Patrons will enter the indoor facility and purchase tickets to a film... They'll then be ushered to their seats, which will be repurposed classic cars from the 60s. Around you, you'll see fireflies, old housing, live music, bars, and trees, which will all simulate the experience that you're outside watching a film at the drive-in. It's an experience within an experience where there'll be simulated noise and stars above in the domed facility. It is not the first one. It isn't. No, I think uh, Amazing Jonathan had that set up somewhere in town here. If I remember here, right. yeah, it wasn't pro- pu- it wasn't public, but it was something. But it was something you could go to. <laughs> it was almost what it was, but it wasn't quite. It's an Andy story. Come on, yeah, yeah something yeah. I almost got to go to. Oh, God damn it! I wish Paul was here to back them, but I know Paul went to this thing, or at least knew of it. Yeah. So okay. What you're saying is Paul almost doubt- went to it. Yeah, we're not doubting that it happened, Andy. We're just doubting that. It's been... I know that Disney Hollywood Studios in Orlando has a kind of like this. It's a diner that's set like it's in a theater like this. But the focus is not the movie or the experience. It's there to have a diner meal. Oh, it's like Uh, the... the, um, God damn it. You drive up and you order the food and then they come out on the roller skates. The drive-in. The drive-in. To drive in they diner. Put you, they put you in part fake cars. And right, right, right. And then they, yeah. Okay. But uh, I, I love fake experiences. I, I'm a huge fan of Disney for that reason. I'm fully behind this idea. It sounds neat. Where's it going to be? Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. So if. But there's plenty yeah. of drive-ins there. I don't understand. I don't are think there? there are. I really don't think there okay, are anymore. I had two where I grew up. Sure. One's still around. There's I had, one here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to the one in Vegas? No. It's a ghost town most nights. You have maybe five cars in there. And and, and I and I haven't been there in like over five years, so yeah. it might even be worse now. The teenagers that go to that drive-in, they don't even have to be quiet when they're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. I guess I want the real thing. Uh, speaking of Disney. That's what she said. Star Wars Land will open at Disneyland and Disney World's Hollywood Studios in 2019. Finally got a date on that. The same year, we'll be seeing Star Wars Episode Nine in theaters. Nine! A small section of Hollywood Studios, the currently named Star Wars Land, will hold 14 acres of a galaxy far, far away in Orlando. No mention on the size of Star Wars Land in Disneyland, but Disneyland is in total 500 acres compared to Disney World's 43 square miles. Uh, but that's not all the news that uh, 
Don Iger relayed, uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar, will open to the public on May 27th of this year. Uh, the Avatar experience will live at Disney World's Animal Kingdom and uh, promises to be a feat of Imagineering. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I know they've been working on that for ages. Yeah. There, but I guess it's going to open after I'm in Florida, so I don't know. After you're there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like oh. like the week after. Okay. Like it opens like in May. Then you have an almost story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just I was hoping I, that that our, that it was going to open while I was in Orlando, but apparently it's Everyone's opening the week. Everyone's stealing after. my bits tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Andy. That's how original your bit I know. is. I I want the Hogwarts Star Wars crossover. Where you mm. go to Ollivander's and buy a lightsaber, personally. Yeah. <laughs> you force uh, yeah. telekinesis it off. There the, you go. Just the lightsaber selects you. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Where it helmet. came from is a story for another movie <laughs> uh, time. <laughs> Producer Sean Levy and Don Cohen, both of whom worked on Arrival and Stranger Things, are set to produce an adaptation of A People's History of the Vampire Uprising. An upcoming novel by Raymond Villarreal. Uh, Fox will distribute the film after picking up the rights during a studio bidding war. Billed as World War Z with vampires, the novel documents a vampire epidemic through multiple viewpoints, including government investigators, a librarian at the Vatican, a gossip site, and even a Supreme Court justice regarding vampires. They call themselves the Gloaming's civil rights. So look forward to the novel. Movies coming up by the Arrival and Stranger Thing producers, so I like Should the pedigree. Good, Antonin yeah. Scalia, he's the vampire justice. <laughs> That's good. It's good. And as good as World War Z is as a novel, terrible as a movie, but as a novel, I really would like to see that applied to vampires. Sure. If, if you haven't read the World War Z novel... It is written as a documentary yes. transcript, nearly. Which is the way it should have been as a movie. Yes, it should. Yeah, yeah so. movie is n- movie is, in name only. Is it related to well, the book? It, it's it's not even remotely yeah. similar. As the author Max Brooks said, World War Z is a pretty good movie. It's not the book I wrote, but it's a pretty <laughs> good movie. <laughs> so hopefully, a people's history sticks to that documentary style format. Gets it right this time. The Handmaid's Tale, the novel by Margaret Atwood, is back in the news, and not just because of the basis of the upcoming Hulu series, The Handmaid's Tale. The 1985 novel is currently number one on the Amazon bestseller list. After 1984 was? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Vulture surmises the novel's surge in popularity came from a commercial that aired during the Super Bowl, as well as, quote, the unnerving resurgence of sexism in American discourse, unquote. Mm-hmm. Atwood's novel tells the tale of, of Offred, a young woman who lives in the Republic of Gilead, the, fundamental the fundamentalist theocracy that the United States has become. She is a handmaid to a commander, Fred, hence her name of Fred, that is a fertile woman whose purpose is to bear a child when a wife is infertile. As for the rest of Amazon's bestseller list, yes, number two is another dystopian nightmare, 1984, by George Orwell. Again, the current book for the Geek Shock Book Club of this month. Mm-hmm. We've started discussing it, so read it and join us. 
but not everything that's old and dystopian is new again, because Neil Gaiman's latest novel, Norse Mythology, which is a collection of short stories about Norse mythology, <coughs> is currently on Amazon's list at number four. I want to get that. That seems right up that your alley. That sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds real cool. Our unnamed friend who was lamenting the punk uprising on behalf of Trump, his wife, who shares his political views, expressed interest in Handmaid's Tale coming up on uh, Amazon. Hulu. Hulu. And it was really funny because uh, yet another friend of ours commented on her feed when she put it up on Facebook. Can hardly wait till this comes out. He's like, okay, you two defy categorization. I don't even know where you two are at because it's like, how a how big old Trumpolos could actually be interested and really want to see Handmaid's Tale is beyond, which is you know yeah, wishful thinking. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny too. You said the the wives are infertile because I think in the story it kind of hints that because of the sexism of the Republic, the wives aren't infertile. The men are, but they will not admit that the men could possibly be infertile. Yeah. So you have this handmaid's thing, which is really almost bunk because it's the men who have the trouble. Yeah. Hmm. And I won't get into spoilers about Offred and all that stuff, but yeah. I read it in college. I think I'd like to revisit that. Taylor I saw the movie that they originally did with... Uh, blanking on her name. Robert Duvall was Fred. Um, oh, shit. Chinatown. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Faye Dunaway was uh, Fred's wife. Okay. Uh, Natasha Richardson? I believe so. Was uh, Alfred. Wow. And, um, ooh, I forget his name. Uh, I forget the guy who... There's another guy involved in that whole story, but yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. It's you know, Atwood tends to do. I'm not familiar with all of her science fiction, but the stuff I am familiar with is always like, the world's gone to shit, and this is how people are coping. It's always <laughs> funny that way. <laughs> always a good way to start. Yeah, how do you cope? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Are you going to say it differently? <laughs> Excuse me. Maple Leaf Matt? Maple. Hey, Shut up, Andy. He's, <laughs> he's using the Oxford comma. Ah. Atwood's a, a Canadian. I know. Oh, okay. He's, he's shattering it. Did you have to read Maple that? Maple Leaf Matt. Was that, was that a school thing they had? Read the Handmaid's Tale. Did have to read it, yes. Wow. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I, cool. I didn't get to see it until college. Well, it was high school as well. Wow. Holy man. Our mackerel. education system just <laughs> just better. Yeah. 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 You, Health you, system. You socialists <laughs> in your uh, education. Yeah. Your free college. What was your favorite it's book free. that okay. was assigned to you? But it's not ridiculous. Assigned yeah. to you in school. What was the, their favorite book that you had to read for school? Ooh, boy. Um, the Chocolate War. Ah. Okay. I enjoyed mm. that one. Probably Animal Farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like. That's I really like. I really liked Brave New World back when I read it. They had to read Brave New World? Yeah. Wow. yeah. The well, cri- mm. You had to do it in my school, too. The Chrysalids. I mean, I ha- 
What? They signed the chrysalids? Uh-huh. I remember that one. I want to move to Canada. Was that one? Of, was was that one of those hippie just, teachers who just pull <laughs> shit out of their ass? I mean, no, but I remember being assigned the chrysalids. That was awesome. I actually had on. Tolkien one and two, but those were electives, so they don't. I mean, they were assigned to me, but yeah, I took the class. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so yeah, that so, would probably be the the in high school, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this was high school. Yeah, they, they had wow. a Tolkien elective class in high school. Yeah. Just look at the Two, time, Take it though. back. I want to go to your school. <clears throat> he went to a hippie high school. Oh, okay. Mm, I went to a high school that had the last remaining. After I left, my brother was six years after me. They totally fucked the uh, curriculum after I. By the time he got in, it was not, not as good. But it was still pretty weird and liberal and had a lot of strange stuff in it when I was there. Wow. Yeah. I read Tolkien on my own because I wanted. Yeah, me too. I'd already read it all. That's the only reason I took it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I, I read Lord of the Rings in. It was either late junior high or early high school. I'm trying to remember when. In a exactly class, or when you I read, read it. I, I read it for a class. Um, it but wasn't you assigned. Were allowed to choose. I think it was. I was allowed to choose it, but I ah. had to write the report on it. Ah. So. Oh, okay. Um, all right, I'm going to answer that. Ask that question too, because uh, we always had to do book reports. What was your favorite book report? None. Book. <laughs> Sorry. None. I don't know that book. None. None you of my books. Oh, I hated doing book reports. No. The Flying Nun. Yeah, sure. Sure. The Flying Nun. I really <laughs> liked... Uh, I, I wrote a book report on uh, uh, 2010 Odyssey 2. Okay. The movie, it's the year we make contact, but the actual book is called Odyssey 2, and nice. it's Arthur C. Clarke. It's really, really different from the movie. So it was clear with my book report that I had not seen the movie prior to reading the book. So because that was that was something my teacher like sat me down as like, look, I'm going to allow you to do this book, but you better do the book. And it was a long book. It was like one of the longest books I had read at that point because I did it in sixth grade. So it was like right before I went into junior high. And it was it was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. All right. So I did Plato's Republic. But I did it as a comic book, as a reveal. Was the uh, the book the, the, the cl- illustrated classics that kind of thing? that kind of thing? Yeah, it was a lot. It was basically a big fight scene with war balloons explaining the artists. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was funny because I kind of did a cop out version of what you did. There was I can't remember the book. It was a Revolutionary War storybook and about a teenage kid who gets involved in the Revolutionary War, joins the army and stuff. And it was, it was, this was really young. This was like oh. elementary school, but oh. it was an illustrated book. So what I did was I photocopied all of the pictures mm-hmm. and then I would caption them and, and speak, talk about the scene as it related to the book. And then I pasted it together in book form oh. so that my report was a book. <coughs> and it's really funny because I- How meta. I've still got it. I actually ah. stumbled across it like a year ago going through my stuff. Sloppy as hell. It was so goddamn funny. But my teacher gave me an A on it. Mm-hmm. So, But it was a Revolutionary War book, and it just talked about the revolution, this kid joining the army and stuff, and then just picture after picture, and I'd explain it. it was, that was my favorite report. I don't know. It's either going to be between Christine by Stephen King or the story of Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Oh, I was assigned to you? Wow. Oh, no, I got, I got to a, choose. Okay, yeah. I went to a very hippie high school. Yeah, yeah. 
Boy, you hippies. No wonder you guys are <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I went to a town of 3,000 people. There are no hippies in that town at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I left. No gods. No, they were run no. out of the, <laughs> yeah. the, the state they'll, fair. They'll run out of the fair. Hey, what's the first item a weekend geek? <laughs>